I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts. And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Joining us now, I'm pleased to say, on Bloomberg TV and on Bloomberg Radio, GM CEO, Mary Barra. Mary, wonderful to catch up with you. Your stock is loving you this morning. We'll get into that in just a moment. I want to go through some of the numbers for our audience. Dividend up 33%, biggest ever buyback plan, $10 billion, $40 billion name yesterday. Just for some context, perspective there, that is massive. Inquiring minds, Mary, will want to know, why have you decided to deliver a $10 billion buyback shortly after you've signed a labor contract that adds $9.3 billion to expenses over its term? Well, as we looked at what was happening uh, from a labor perspective, we had built, and, and really the labor environment going into our negotiations, we had put conservative estimates into our plan. So although it was a little higher than what we expected, we believe that we have, and, can, and our guidance for next year has already, we've already said that we'll be able to offset that uh, uh, completely with the plan that we already had of a $2 billion cost out perspective. So we did the right thing to recognize our manufacturing team members who have done a great job and continue to build uh, you know, vehicles safely with high quality. And we also thought that we've got to look and make sure that we're balanced across all of our stakeholders and our owners are very important. So we think this was a very balanced response when we look at what was uh, done from a labor perspective and what we're doing as part of our capital allocation framework for our owners. Well, let's get into that. So shareholders are super happy. The name is up by almost 11% so far this morning. I wonder if UAW is. Mary, they didn't get the 40% they wanted. They got 25 plus cost of living adjustments and other things as well. Is the optics of this this morning not something that concerns you? Uh, when I look at it, I think it's balanced. Again, uh, we have very well compensated, and and uh, you know when you look at the the suite of benefits that our represented team members have, it's a very uh, very appropriate package, and frankly, leading from an industry perspective, broader than just the auto industry. So I think we did the right thing to to recognize and reward the hard work of our manufacturing team members uh, across the board, but also one of the things our manufacturing team members very much value is job security, and to have job security, you have to have a strong company and you have to look at all of your stakeholders. So what we did from a uh, from a share buyback perspective for our owners is, I think, a very balanced response. As you know, this move this morning, not just about the capital return program, also about cost cuts. We know you're looking to fully offset that labor contract, the additional costs from it. Have you identified where you will cut, where you need to cut? Yes, a lot of this was already underway at, at the beginning of this year, calendar year 2023. We announced a $2 billion uh, cost reduction, structural cost reduction between 23 and the end of 24. That's well underway. As I said, we also comprehended that we would have uh, increases in our labor cost as we looked at what the environment was uh, and also wanting to reward our, our manufacturing employees. So, you know, there's work going across many aspects of the business and including making our products more efficient while still having the features, the functionality, and beautiful designs that our customers want. So there's been a concentrated effort at the company to, to lower our fixed costs while enabling wonderful products and rewarding uh, the team that is helping us deliver them. Clearly these are additional costs. Are they forcing a change in execution or a change in strategy? 
Definitely not a, a change in strategy. Our strategy is clear. It's really based on four pillars of executing our strong internal combustion engine program vehicles. And we see we're performing very well in the market and we see uh, that we're below the average incentives. I think that speaks to the strength of our internal combustion engine products. From an EV perspective, uh, we have confidence in the portfolio we have. We're a bit disappointed this year that we were constrained by uh, the automation to build modules. So this is not something that is fundamentally an issue with Altium. It was more an, a manufacturing automation issue that we're working and we'll be out of it by middle of next year and making improvement every quarter uh, from that perspective. Also software. And this year, we um, earlier this year, uh, Mike Abbott joined our team uh, who brings tremendous software expertise and he's built a very strong team that we'll share more about when we get to our investor day uh, in March of next year. And then autonomy. And when you look at autonomous vehicles uh, and the importance of this technology and the talent that we have uh, at Cruise, uh, we are doing an independent review uh, from an incident perspective, but also overall from a safety perspective, and that will guide our path forward there. But we have a very capable team there. So the four pillars of our strategy have not changed at all. What has changed is our tactics. And our tactics are changing because the world is changing. We never thought that uh, the EV adoption would necessarily be a straight line. We've seen this in other markets. Uh, we're seeing it now in the U.S. But I think the thing that everybody has to remember, if the growth is slowing, it is still growing. And we think as we get more of the, uh, the EV products we have this year into next, we think we're going to see um, a strong adoption for our products. And as the charging infrastructure continues to be more robust, we think that's going to drive adoption as well as having affordable EVs. And that's where when you look at the Chevrolet Equinox as well as the Blazer, uh, the Blazer and the Bolt that's coming. We're going to be having products in that, that range of affordable vehicles that is going to be very important from EV adoption. The two things to unpack there. One is robo-taxis, the other is EVs. Let's deal with robo-taxis first. You're cutting expenses on crews substantially. Just how committed are you there? I remember only a number of years ago we were talking about bringing in 50 billion in revenue by 2030. And I get it, Mary. We all understand that new tech is tough to develop. It's hard to deploy. I think we're seeing that across a range of issues. But when do you know if it's the right time just to walk away from this? Well, I think, the first of all, uh, when you look at the progress that the Cruise team has made over the eight, last eight years when uh, General Motors acquired Cruise, I think it's substantial. And we've already demonstrated that uh, the Cruise vehicle can perform at a, a level that's that's safer than a human driver. Let's not forget, uh, over you know 40,000 people on average lose their lives uh, in traffic uh, accidents in the U.S. alone, and 90% of them are caused by human error. What we have learned uh, with this incident is it's got to be significantly better than a human driver to drive adoption. And we have to do a much better job of working with the regulators. That's something that GM has a, a long reputation of working and being transparent with regulators at the local, state, and federal level. So I think as we do that and get the results of the independent review we're doing, that will guide us on our path forward from an AV perspective. I'm always interested in how we know when we're wrong, an exercise I think everyone has to go through, including myself, Mary. But on this topic of EVs, the slowdown, What's behind it? And why aren't we just learning that American consumers just don't want these cars? 
Well, I don't think it's that American consumers just don't want these cars. I think there still is limited availability. When you look at the choice that customers have today from an internal combustion vehicle perspective, I think a lot of the EVs that are out right now are more expensive. You've got to look at where the sweet spot of the market is. And when you really want to win in EVs, you've got to make sure that you are meeting the customer who only owns one vehicle. That's the bulk of people who buy vehicles today, new vehicles. They only own one vehicle, or if they have two in their family, they're needed every day uh, for, for to earning their livelihoods. So we've got to get affordable. There's got to be a robust charging infrastructure. So again, the growth hasn't gone in reverse. It's slowing. I think we never expected. We thought it would be have some, some bumps along the way. I think that's what we're seeing right now. But I think when we have EVs that are affordable, when the people realize how much uh, fun they are to drive and the, the performance and they're not giving anything up, and then that all-important charging infrastructure, I think you know we're going to see them uh, start to grow at a more rapid rate again. And that's something that we'll continue to watch. And that's why we've changed some of our tactics to be responsive to where the customer is. You've been super generous with your time. Mary, I just want to fit in one further question. Right now, you're a $43 billion name. It's a big move this morning by 10%. The forward multiple, we're talking about four times expected earnings, a little more than that after today's move. The stock has been dead money for the best part of a decade. You've been doing this a long time. I know you're super close with investors. What is it that you think is in this plan, this strategy that you have, and a strategy that you've suggested this morning hasn't changed, that's going to turn this around? Well, I think uh, demonstrating our commitment to all of our stakeholders and the I think when you look at a $10 billion uh, accelerated buyback program, it should signal because it, it means we have confidence in the cash generation ability of this company. We have confidence in our strategy across the four pillars that I covered. Yes, we had some challenges this year with our Ultium-based EVs that I think gave um, investors some concern. But we're demonstrating the confidence that we and the board have that we're executing the strategy and we're going to see growth strong cash flow and strong margins. That's what we're going to deliver. That's captured in today's move, up 9%. Mary, appreciate your time. Really do. Thanks for catching up with us. Mary Barra there of GM. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com.